0: With the 222 lock now being all but confirmed, it gave rise to one particular argument that depending on how it's meant, I always thought was fallacious in the premise that it assumes. So let's let's put that argument out there. So some people say that the best teams should have the quality to remain the best, and what makes the best teams is to be able to adapt to every single meta. Now First, let's define best. Best, for you, could mean top ten. It could mean top three, and it could be the absolute best. And as such, it means very different things. Now, if you mean that the best teams should always be able to stay, for instance, top ten within the Overwatch League in, in every single meta, I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem. If you mean by best that they always should be able to remain top three, Nah, I already have to say no. That is n- simply not how it works, and I will expand on it, why that is the case later. Now, to assess that the best teams, sh- the best team should be able to stay the best in every single matter, is absolutely outrageous and a fundamental misunderstanding of what makes the best teams best and how big the luck factor upon switching matters really is. It's a statistical probability based misunderstanding of what makes great teams great when the meta switches up as frequently. Now, if your definition of best is simply to say, okay, the best team for me is the one that in aggregate had the best results over several different metas in a year, we're friends. We definitely agree on, on that. I, for instance, thought that the NYXL were the best team last year. They uh, dominated the regular season. Yeah, they didn't have that many great playoff matches. 1-1. And in general, it was a pretty solid performance, even though we have to say there was definitely a fall-off based on the meta, where we once again, and I will say, I don't think I can conceive of a better team to mention as a, point against my point, I still see glaring holes in an argument. So, let's strongman the argument. The best teams should be able to remain the best teams in every every meta, and depending on what best means for you. So, the Android XL would be, based on the Overwatch League uh, discussion, or the Overwatch League framework, since we've had the Overwatch League, would be probably your best bet in order to defend that Teams even have the ability to do that. So the NYXL, great season one, also currently sitting on a solid score in season two, currently the second best team. I will immediately attack you for saying that NYXL is definitely a top three team this season. They aren't. Over the course of the season, it became inherently obvious that the NYXL are profiting off the Uh, they are very, very weak division. The teams that we expected them to do well, like the London Spitfire, are currently scraping the barrel of what is expected of a best team that is fighting for a crown, certainly of a former uh, winner of the entire league. So based on that, whenever they meet these big teams, they get absolutely destroyed most of the time. Sometimes they have close series they haven't had won a good series against a great team. I'm not sure if they did this season, honestly, depending on your defi- definition of greatness. So already that argument crumbles even in the best case scenario. Now I'll give you my average scenario that I think is very representative of the actual probabilities. So let's see, last year, Boston Uprising grind it up, refined their meta-understanding of Dive, and then of course in Stage 3 had the perfect stage, the first one in Overwatch League history, a 10-0, more legit based on the amount of matches you had to achieve in order to get a perfect stage in comparison to Season 2. And then also they only had to or could avoid one of the teams, but played all the top teams, and in the end had a pristine score of 10-0, definitely were the best team, no doubts about it, Not the same can be said, sadly, about the asymmetric schedule this year. We don't know who the best teams are based on the perfect stage. As, for instance, the New York Excelsior definitely weren't in Stage 3. So, the Boston Uprising then go, after a severe meta switch, go into Stage 4, and are a mediocre at best team after that meta hits, and also go into season playoffs. They crap out, fairly early and also, honestly, not that impressively, couldn't adapt to it once again, and their season ends this way. Now look at the uh, LA Valiant, a great team last year, second in the overall standings, this year come into this severely different meta with goats completely lost in the beginning, and the way we selected for these teams If we look at the schedule, is that Overwatch metas have been actually very consistent over the uh, time that we've had a professional Overwatch. We had Dive for one and a half years, a roundabout. We had Goats for a year. So we've been selecting coaches. We've been selecting players, other staff on their ability to refine into a new meta. We have not been selecting players on the ability to constantly adapt so we're redefining what it actually means to be the best team now what is the inherent implication of calling it best based on meta adaptability is there theoretically a team that is best at adapting to new metas and even if we were to switch up matters every single stage, let's say this year, even though we won't have stages next year, but apparently six to eight weeks will uh, be the patch schedule next year. What if all of these meta changes are severe and teams start playing new stuff? Even though I don't think they will based on the schedule that's been put out and meta is not strictly based on the game balance, but as I put out, is a social construct that depends also on the structures of the league. Is there time to innovate? Sort of like a side point. But let's say they had uh, Metas, then we completely have to re-filter our entire system from Open Division, Contenders, Overwatch League, have to re-filter the system towards this talent that is very quickly able to pick up the best best talent at adapting to new Metas. That is a completely different skill set that also, and I think this is our disagreement here, cannot be taught with ease and most definitely not in the time frame that we've allocated uh, towards it for the Overwatch League, which is like six months now. Like, And then again, it's not like you have six months to accustom yourself to uh, to the new changes. It is you need to first see what, what the actual thing is that you're trying to refine for because you don't know for sure and it's much less time than that. It's probably more akin to I'd say a month. So what makes a best team a best team currently is the ability to refine. Now in a constantly switching meta the, the best theoretical team would be the team that builds a system that is and now I will introduce a a term um, some viewers might have uh, seen of mine, um, is anti-fragile. It's from the 2008 book, I'm not sure when it came out, but uh, of Nassim Taleb first introducing the idea of a black swan before the stock market crash, predicting that something unforeseeable was coming to the stock market, it would crash, and then uh, people that had built up anti-fragility would gain from chaos. That is the idea behind anti-fragility, things that gain from chaos, don't just resist it, uh, but actually rise up when everything is chaotic. Now, in order to build for anti-fragility, one of the things that you can do is building redundancy. Redundancy, in terms of the Overwatch League, would be, for instance, to have a big roster. So redundancy is building more players than you need And they practice certain heroes and therefore you are able to cover more ground on what will be potentially needed than it actually is. Now, the idea that this can be completely covered is ludicrous, wrong. No way that even at a 12-man roster with a huge coaching staff, you could account for all possibilities. The best possible case, I would say, is you cover about a fifth Maybe twenty percent of the possible metas that Blizzard could be running at you. So eighty percent of the the preparation, in my estimation, is pure gamble. It the best team, eighty percent of the time or eighty percent of the value that, of that is gained from sheer gamble. Ha, do I have the best players? Does he have like this particular skill set that is very hard to be taught? That is an especial skill that requires years of practice to get there. Um, certainly, you can hone them, but because we have so few iterations, we cannot find out who the best teams are in that particular regard. So let me clarify: the best team at building redundancy, at being anti-fragile, the likelihood that we will ever empirically will say with confidence that a team is the most anti-fragile. It is not a, a possible with the amount of iterations or matches or seasons, high stakes games we have in Overwatch. It's simply not enough to say with confidence. It's still pretty much based on uh, induction, so we will have to look at teams. For instance, last year, I did the same for the Philadelphia Fusion. To me, they were the team that had built the best uh, case for anti-fragility. They had built their roster uh, um, around a dive meta initially, and then they, in the further um, season, they, in my opinion, yes, prepared for the eventualities, but most definitely... Most of the reason why the Philadelphia fusion got into the final was sheer luck based on the meta switching in their favor, playing to the strength of Eko, playing to the strength most definitely of Carpe, um, their backline, Neptuno being able there. Okay, we can argue that Neptuno ground into uh, or grinded into the no there. That's a fair shout. But at the same time, yes, they had a big roster. They were able to account for eventualities. Didn't really change that much. Most of, of it was simply hitting the right meta strides. Same for Spitfire. And it is very possible that if we freeze the the time frame before the stage playoffs, the 8 teams, I would say even 10 teams within the Overwatch League, no, let's say 9 teams last year with the exception of Dallas Fuel, Shaggy Dragons and Florida Mayhem, I think there is a meta that could come into effect in stage 4 that would give every single of the top 9 teams a realistic, no, no, not a chance, but would have actually made those one of those top 9 teams the winner of the Overwatch League based on like, I think the, the lowest in, the, uh, in that list would then be the Seoul Dynasty. There's most definitely a meta we can create around the Seoul Dynasty that would make them the best uh, team in the world after Stage 4 or in Stage 4 and then also coming into the season playoffs and would have made them champions. There's certainly one for Houston Outlaws, certainly one, if it remained maybe for Boston, they would have stay, uh, remained. NYXL, maybe... Um, Something that would have enforced the way um, dive was played in the first couple of stages more. Less widow dive, possibly. Um, And then, you know, for every single one of those, there is definitely a real probability chance that each one of these teams could have been crowned the winner of the season last year. Certainly, the probabilities aren't equal. That's not what I'm saying. But, by and large, it is still a gamble. Now, why is it a gamble? So the underlying elements of why a team is great or gets to greatness certainly is in there in proven by a long tenure of doing so, right? But if, if we just had a snapshot of what it means to be great within a di- simple time frame, it is to be the most in tune with the meta situation that there currently is. And sometimes you need to reinvent that and make other people play your meta by finding out something new. But that is not what I'm talking about. I'm saying we have a definitive meta situation. If something like this exists, we can argue about. But for the most part, Overwatch has been played like this for the longest time. So if we have a definitive meta uh, situation, like Dive, then there are players that have done things over decades for some of them that led to the point where you cannot catch up to them based on the talent that you have. It is simply not possible to accustom for that. Let's say a situation where... Let's say something wild. So let's say Widowmaker headshots would always one kill, doesn't matter how how long you charge, and as long as the uh, Widow is on the head of uh, of an opponent, even tanks would die. Now, not a realistic situation, of course, but just as a thought experiment, there are definitely players that cannot be caught up to within the time frame that we've allotted, stage four and season playoffs, that would have by themselves dominated the entirety of the stage and could have not been caught up in in that time frame and arguably could have not been caught up in a year or two. It is simply not possible. The inherent talents of these players, the the idiosyncrasies that these players have, how they think about the game, how they um, develop their mechanics, cannot be caught up to in a reasonable time frame. That seems to be a grave misunderstanding where people say, well... Yeah, but the greatest teams are great at everything. No, it's an absolute outlier that someone like Prophet is able to develop an a special skill on every single one of these heroes that he plays at a top-notch level. Nobody, barring like a handful of players in the Overwatch League, has come close to the level of proficiency on as many heroes. Libero is, for instance, one, right? But most of those players have a very niche skill set that doesn't wasn't blown up to look like a niche because we haven't switched metas as much. But for instance, for tracer players, which tracer players are currently dominating? Sinatra w- would be one of the five players that I would mention in order in in the adaptability scale of being able to be pretty good to world class in uh, in on different heroes and widely different skill sets. So it is it isn't that we we are simply saying, okay, people should throw time at it and the best teams figure out the best ways in order to adapt to a meta and we're all on uh, even playing field. No, we have to realize that there's a baseline of talent or a baseline of qualities that are inherent to a team which cannot be altered in a short time frame, and therefore to say that a, a team like the Vancouver Titans are only the best one of the best teams if they are able to do it in every single meta is a ridiculous argument to be made based on the uh, selection methods we've had and based on the premise that assumes that a human being can just reprogram themselves to be the absolute best at every single thing that is simply not how education works and is certainly not how a special skill works um if, uh, if you guys watched a um, video of mine on this channel, I also did one on a special skill, how elevator explanation uh, in archery, like archers are tremendously better at hitting exactly the tournament ranges than just if you move it just a, a meter or two in front or back. It's unreal. They are much closer to the average archer in that those cases than they are to professional performances. They completely lose their fine-tuning and become much lesser than the excellence that they displayed before. Now, if we're constantly selecting for that, we will simply hit by chance these things that people are inherently better at than others based on the practice that they've done and based on their physiology that will not be able to be caught up within the time frame that we're allotting. I hope I made my point. Thanks for watching.